Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend and fellow podcaster, Jason Pickle. Jason is amazing. I loved having this conversation with him, and I've loved chatting with him even before the episode as well. After the episode, he was telling me how he feels like his name was just meant to be for him because he's lived his life in a pickle, which coincidentally is the name of his podcast. Make sure you check out Life in a Pickle wherever you get your podcasts. Links are in the description for that. Now, this conversation is pretty heavy. We talk about a lot of the struggles he faces, a lot of the trials he faces, and what it comes down to is that he wants to share these things so that people can learn from his experiences so that people can know that they aren't alone after the show or even even before the show take some time just five minutes out of your day today to listen intently to somebody in your life jason pickle welcome to my wax museum great to be here so uh we've known each other for a couple weeks now uh which which is how i see most of my relationships being since most of them are based on the internet now uh so why don't you fill us in a little bit on how we got in touch and how we know each other uh we actually reached out through social media like most people do through this business and we talked a little bit about i put out a, a tweet i believe that of some things or that I was about or who I was and you had reached out because it sounded like something that somebody that you wanted on one of your shows to talk to. And it went from there. And I, I enjoyed chatting with you. So I figured why not have you on my wax museum. And so why don't you uh, fill us in? Cause I, I know very little about you. Uh, where are you from originally? Originally I'm from, I was actually born in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, currently live in Athens, Tennessee. I, I've never been to Tennessee, so tell tell me a little bit about Tennessee. What is it like? And you actually, I think you're the first guest I've had from Tennessee, so you know, tell us anything. Uh, Tennessee's a beautiful country. It's an area that the weather, well, here recently over the last couple of years, the weather's been kind of crazy, but for the most part, the weather's good enough and it's nice enough all year round to where it seems to attract so many people. Um the beautiful country you get to see the people right you know they're very nice i've never ran into somebody that i've never had an issue with people in the state of tennessee they always treat you with a, a lot of care and a lot of love and they help you out and it's just a i mean i know it sounds kind of cheesy but it's not called the volunteer state just for the heck of it and i mean they really the folks of tennessee really they live by that they they show that daily I, I didn't know that that was the the state motto. Um, how how is it that that you guys show that? Just different ways. My family's been helped out by numerous people across the state with things we've got going on, and it's just there. It just seems like majority of the people in this state don't think twice about lending a helping hand to somebody, whether they know them or not. And I'm not real sure off the top of my head the history behind the volunteer state side of it, but I. I can tell you that it does it it fits the state well and it the people are very courteous and caring and they don't even have to know your name to help you out they just they don't hesitate. And do you have any um any any experiences from when you were growing up um where where somebody reached out and somebody helped you guys? 
I've had quite a few different experiences throughout my life. Uh, as far as growing up, we've had people, we've had churches and just people in general help us out. When my brother was in the hospital, he spent most of his life, early life in the hospital with two, going through two heart transplants. And my mom was a single mom. So I got to experience at an early age what people helping people meant and how it, you know, the, how it makes you feel, how it make how it makes them feel. And pretty much throughout my whole life, I've seen it in person with different scenarios like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it's amazing whenever, um, when we're going through a hard time, how people reach out and how people look out for each other. Uh, and I mean, it's perfect that you're in Tennessee then, um, especially when you need help. So, um, I'm, I'm curious if, if I may, um, what was, were you, are you older or younger than your brother who had the heart transplant? I was old or I'm older. Yeah. And, and what was that like seeing your younger brother go through that? Uh, it was a, it was a trying time. It started, like I said, early age. I was six years old when he had his first heart transplant. And I tell people all the time that one story I talk about a lot is he stayed a hundred days that one time in the hospital. And my mom being a single mom, she was having to balance back and forth of being at the hospital, but making sure I was took care of as well. And one during this time was the holidays. And I really thought that it almost appeared like I was going to be spending Christmas by myself. And I tell people all the time that I, I experienced home alone before home alone hit Hollywood. And it, it, she actually made it home Christmas Eve, late Christmas Eve night so that we could, I could actually spend Christmas with her. And then she had to go back to the hospital. So it's just different experiences like that. It was a, it was a trying time for sure. What was that like um, being a young kid and, and thinking that you had to spend Christmas alone? Well, it makes you grow up pretty quick. Um, whether you want to or not, you really had no choice because, and you have responsibilities that you have to take care of yourself, whether, I mean, you have no choice in that situation. And, as far as staying home by myself or being by myself for that, for, for, for that particular Christmas, it was something that I didn't want to experience. I don't think any child ever wants to be, you know, home alone or by themselves during the holidays. But at the same time, even at early age, I think I understood it. And I, it wasn't like I was going to hold a grudge or anything against my mom. If I woke up Christmas morning and, you know, by myself or not with her anyways. And because I knew the situation. How how do you think that that growing up experience um, has affected the rest of your life? Um, I've used it, or I like to think I've used it as a positive in my life as far as how I do things, how I see things. And it's actually kind of ironic. They say history repeats itself. And my family now kind of deals with some of the same things, different different type, but we have a child that, has bat has bat, uh, we have a child that's battling illness now and has been for seven years so a lot of the same things that i experienced as a child is helping me now because we got three other kids along with this other child and so i kind of know what they may be thinking or what they might be feeling and it kind of helps me deal with our current situation what i went through then so that allows you to empathize with them and understand more what they're going through um, as, as kids. And I guess now you're understanding a little more what your mom was going through. Exactly. Um, as an adult. And so 
what's what's your day to day like um, work, working through these things and dealing with these things? It can be pretty hectic at times because I think I think naturally we as humans or individuals we can put too much on us, and this is the same kind of concept. It I mean because you got responsibilities as far as the work world and the, but you got home responsibilities and then you got the other stuff going on at the hospitals and it can it can be a hectic time and overwhelming at times but i mean there's more times than not you have to take a step back and take a deep breath and keep going forward and is is, is that something that um that you learned from your mother as, as she she did the same i think so i think that Watching her, how she handled my situation with, with my little brother and me was something that I learned is something that I learned to, I guess, instill in my own life and my own way of thinking and how I do things. And she was all, she was one that was very adamant that she didn't want her kids thinking, you know, things were wrong or things were going bad or so she kind of kept the same face she kept the same attitude the whole throughout the whole thing and that's something that i've learned now that i understand why she did it i'm not saying that we got to hold our feelings in all the time i i believe you should be able to let them out but i understand as a parent especially when there's other kids that there's just some things you got to hold back and keep going forward like everything's good good to go yeah so how how do you um how do you express these feelings of frustration or sadness or hardship? How do you deal with that? And then how do you, how do you share that um, in whatever way you find appropriate or helpful? I, I have a lot of different ways. Currently right now, I, I have a good foundation with my wife. She, we're, we, we have a good setup to where with what we're going through when we feel like it's just, you know, it's becoming too much or we need a moment. We, we kind of understand each other and we have a process that we deal with it on our own behind closed doors instead of in front of everybody. But I mean, I also, you know, for me, one thing that I think I've learned during this time is it's not always a bad thing to let your kids see emotions and because emotions are part of life. And if you constantly hide it from them, I don't want my kids growing up thinking they have to be hard all the time and they have to not shed a tear and they have to just be a robot pretty much. I just don't think that's a good way of life. So I've, I've got to the point now lately where if something's overwhelming, I mean, I've shared it with them as well to an extent. I mean, I don't put it all on them, but I think it does them some good just to see a little bit of emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And are there um, any ways that you've seen that help them and strengthen them as you've as, as you've shown that that feeling? Uh, I think it just it. Show, I mean, they it shows them that they can be like that, that it's normal to have emotions and let it out. And and our kids are I mean, they're emotional kids, so they they don't have no they don't have no problem letting emotions out, whether they're angry or mad or upset either way. And I mean, there's been times that we've, we've been, I can give you one example, our youngest daughter that we have, we had a, uh, they had an event for our son. And during that event, up to that point, she hadn't really said anything. She's not really shown anything. 
and just out of nowhere at this event, she just comes unravel and she starts, I mean, she's just crying her eyes out for a good 30 minutes. And it was just something that, that, that was a learning tool I used because I felt like it was an opportunity to show her it's okay. That's why you don't hold stuff in because if you hold it in too long, eventually it's going to get to a point where it's going to come out whether you want it to or not. So we've had moments like that throughout the last seven or eight years dealing yeah. with this. Yeah. And um, what, what do you think is the biggest thing that, that you've learned through, through this experience? That's a pretty good question. You got me on that one. Uh, the biggest thing that I've learned through it is you can't do it on your own. And no matter how hard you try, it's eventually going to wear and tear on you to the point that it's going to break you down. And I think that people need to understand no matter what they're going through, no matter the difficulty, it's okay to reach out. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to look for help. It don't, it don't make you any less of a person. And I think that's one of the hardest things, especially males is to ask for help or to look weak as some people would say, because that's not, that's just not how men are supposed to be. But at the same time, I've learned, especially over the last year or two, that it's okay. It's, it's okay to let it out. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. I mean, all your emotions you can go through, it's okay. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I think, I know for me that's something I've learned over the years. And, and I know um, a lot of people, like you mentioned, particularly men, um, who have also uh, started coming to terms with that. So throughout this, um, all the hardship, the difficulty, the, the lessons learned, um, what, what are some bright spots? What are some moments of, of joy and, and peace that you've felt throughout this? Well, throughout our pro this process, our journey that we're on now, a lot of my peace and joy have come through watching my kids and my family and our son is going through it. You know, the one person that probably has every right to be down, has every right to be mad and sad and all those emotions we've been talking about. He has every right to have those and he has every right to continue to have those. But yet his strength that he shows at such a young age and his desire to, he finds it so hard to make sure that we don't think something's wrong because he don't, he, he tries so hard not to put no more on us than he thinks he are, we already have. And just his mentality, his, the way he holds himself up and presents himself through this whole battle is just something that brings me peace because, and joy at the same time, because it, I'm, when you see him and when you watch the fight he has in him, as weird as it may sound with what he's going with going through, it makes you proud as a parent that your child is so strong, even though he shouldn't have to be, he shouldn't have to go through what he's having to go through. He don't let that hold him back. He don't let that stop him. He still, he gets up, he smiles. And we tell people all the time, if you didn't know he was sick, you wouldn't know he was sick because he just don't show it. And whether he knows it or not, that helps us out. That helps us out as parents going through this because it gives us a boost. I can't tell you how many times through this that I've been on low fuel light 
and he's done something and he's or he's had a certain attitude that has just lifted me up and got me going again i mean that's that that's the best thing about family um is that you're there for each other and that you can work together and and lift each other up um and it's especially a blessing to see that that that's you know happening in the hardest of times one other thing i wanted to mention was when it comes when it comes to something like this when it when you're looking for that peace and joy through hard times it's I've developed a system where I try to find any good in the bad. And that's the only way I really think you can handle these situations and his small victories. Like he has good results at the doctor and things like that. You know, that's stuff that helps you keep going. Yeah. It's celebrating those little things. Um, have you always had, cause I mean, obviously you went through it when you were a kid, uh, having to grow up and, and work through difficult things happening in your own family um but have you have you always had that mentality or have you really had to work at that the looking for the small good things i've had to work at it i mean it's not something i don't think i don't think i've always had it it's just i think you get to a certain point or just my opinion with what i've dealt with you get to a certain point where it's either one or the other and like the mentality of finding good and all, you know, even in bad situations. For me, it's more the concept of what's going to make me feel better. Staying down in the dumps, if you will, the whole time. And woe be to me kind of thing. Even though you might have that right with everything going on. Is it going to make, is, it, is that going to make you feel better compared to trying to find the good and everything? How's that? Which one's going to make you feel better through it out? Which one's going to have better results with everything going on? And I think I just realized as hard as it may be sometimes that, and it's extremely hard, especially going through this, but it's something that in the end, it's better for everybody around. It's better for you. It's just a concept that makes more sense to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and so, so as you're looking for those things, um, I know, I know right now, um, is obviously a hard time for a lot of people. Um, and, 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 the, you know, we're all trying to, to find that good. Do you have any suggestions for people who, who are struggling to see the good in their day, uh, what they can look for and, and how they can show that appreciation for it? My best advice would be to every single day, as much as it's, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but as bad as things may seem, it could always be worse. And for me, that's something I had to come to grasp with because, and it helped me along the way, because even though like whatever, whatever the situation may be, if you think long and hard about it, there could be a worse situation. So for me, it's, Sometimes I even go to the mentality of being thankful for what I'm going through because it could, I could be going through something a lot worse and it's just a, it's just a mindset you got to, and it's taken me years to find it. It's taken me, me years to be able to do it because it's so hard. So I'm not saying that something happened overnight, but each day you just got to get up and you got to tell yourself it's going to be okay. We're, I'm going to get through whatever I, whatever I got to face that day. You've got to tell yourself every single day, 
I'm going to get through it. And if you don't get through it perfectly, and if you don't get through it the way you maybe thought you should have, you wake up, you got, and you get another day to try again. And it's just, it's just a mindset. Yeah. Really taking it day by day. Um, I, I found the same thing in my life. Um, you know, just, just moment to moment, like I'll try again tomorrow. Um, did you, did you have any experiences, um, maybe where you felt like today went perfect? Like today was the perfect day. Oh yeah. I mean, we've definitely had, I've definitely had as bad, as weird as it sounds, I think there's been more good than bad days. Now the bad days are bad usually. And I mean, but my, I mean, in my mindset, even in the bad days, I know that if we can just get through this day, you know, there will be another good day and you just have to fight through it. But I mean, I've definitely had days where I'm just like, man, I forget everything just watching. I mean, it could be something as simple of a day of we just spend the day outside and watching my kids play and run around. And you know, I mean, just those moments, you almost forget what you're going through. Yeah. You mentioned, um, Tennessee is beautiful. Um, and, and I've seen pictures. It, it's just green, uh, and I know it's it's in the south. And I've I've heard about barbecue and everything. So like, what's like, what's the perfect day in in Tennessee like? Best way I know to describe it is the perfect day is just a day that you're outside, and the weather is just right to the point that you could sit there. You get lost in the moment. You don't want the day to end because of just the feeling of everything going on around you, whether everything just falling in place, everything feels good. Yeah. I, I, I can think of a few, few moments where it just, it's just right. Um, where it's just perfect. Um, what, what do you think? How do I, how do I phrase this? Um, what do you think as a parent, um, is is the best thing that you've been able to give your kids i would like to think the best thing i've gave my kids at this point is for one the ability to never give up no matter what and to also cherish what's really important in life because that is something that gets you through those bad days. When you have a better understanding of what is important to you and what makes your, makes up your life and makes up that happiness and makes up that peace. And you're able to focus on that. Even the worst day is a good day because you have that moment and those are, I'm hoping those are two things that they, when they get of age and leave the house that they take with them and, and apply to their life and to just love every day, love yourself. And that's one thing that my kids see me fight with up to this point, because I struggle with that side of it sometimes. And, but I also want them to see that it's okay. Just be who you are. It's not, you don't need approval of nobody. Just be who you are. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's a tough thing, uh, 
today. I mean, w- with with social media, we see all these ideals, and they're obviously, you know, they're they're airbrushed to be this this perfect um, look. You know, you think about how much editing some people put into their profile picture, and 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 all of this stuff. So how like how do you accept who you are um, when when you're being faced with with all of these things in the world that are telling you to not? For me, my biggest challenge is, and this is just another step in the life of a pickle, if you will. Um, but I've dealt with skin cancer all my life. I'm gonna give you an example if that's okay. I deal with skin cancer. I've dealt with it all my life. I was actually my dad. My dad's side of the family had it. My mom's side had it. So I, we were, you know, we were destined to have skin cancer as kid when we were born because I'm both sides but i ended up being the youngest of anybody in my family to ever start seeing signs of skin cancer at eight years old and so i've i've dealt with it since i was eight and it's always that it's always been a challenge for me because i've had so many places removed so many cuts so many scars and in the society we live in today there's no concept of there's a struggle for a lot of people of concept of a filter, if you will, whether it's with the, how they looking at you, how they say things and stuff. So, I mean, I, I've had, I've had to deal with the struggle of what are people thinking about? And that's one battle that I've dealt with for quite some time that I finally found a place to where I had to tell myself, I don't need to worry about what those people think about because the way I need to look at it is yes, the skin cancer has left many scars and, I mean, there's places that, you know, in my face and everything that people look at it funny. But for me, that's just scars of battles I've been through and I'm still here. And that's one concept that it took me forever because I used to be very self-aware of everything. I've even had and I've even talked to people about how for the longest it was hard for me to make eye contact with people when I talked to them, even though. I know it's the right thing to do because if I made eye contact, I saw where their eyes were looking and it was a self-conscious kind of thing. But I got to the point where I was like, I need to be proud of that because that's, that's just something that I can say, Hey, I fought through and I continue to have a positive attitude, even with all, all that going on. And it's been something that I've had to work on, but I'm getting to the point where I just don't worry about what people think. I worry about what I think because if I don't take care of myself and I don't improve myself, I'm doing nothing but hurting the ones that around me that matter. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, uh, kind of what what I got um, is is that they're they're victories. Like it shows that that you're still here, you're still going, and and not worrying so much about that lets you focus on on the things that really matter right um yeah i think i think that's a perfect lesson for anybody um so you you mentioned life in a pickle uh which is your podcast that i think we mentioned at the top of the episode uh when we talked about how we met uh tell me a little bit because i know it's about sharing your story and your last name is pickle of course so it's a play on words which i'm a huge fan of um so tell me what what all is involved in your life story? What's what's all that about? Basically, it is a 
podcast that takes my story from day one and I've sat down and thought about it for quite some time before even doing the podcast, but I'm taking all my triumphs, all my failures, all my, uh, good choices, bad choices, mistakes, everything that makes up my life. And I'm just putting it out there and sharing my story. And it's, uh, it's real. I mean, there's nothing sugarcoated about it and nothing hidden. I'm as honest as can be with my story with the hope of everything I've had to deal with and everything I've taken on and the wrong choices and the wrong directions I've went by sharing all that. It may help somebody that's going through some of the same stuff or anything at all. I think that's awesome. I think, uh, honesty talking about talking about the things that we're going through and in, in an open and honest light is something that people struggle with like we mentioned you know everybody wants that filter um like you said and and so why i guess i guess you you mentioned why you want you want to be able to help people um but how do you uh how do you do this how do you share your story um, with people? I, I just put it out there. I, as far as people in the podcast world, I just talk about it. I reach out to anybody that will listen and I don't hold anything back. I've got to a place in my life to where even my wrongdoings I'm okay with. And I've got to the point, and I think that's what took me so long to be able to do it because I've thought about it forever and, but I'm able to do it now because I finally got to a place where nothing of my past keeps me prisoner anymore for me to worry about what people think when they hear it. As long as I tell people, I don't care. I can have a hundred people be mad about what they find out about me. And as long as I, but as long as I've got one person that was helped through it, that's all that matters to me. I love that. Um, yeah, I think because this, this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because I, I think uh, I love I love how you said it, uh, talking about not letting your past hold you prisoner. Um, and and you mentioned struggling with that and wanting to do wanting to share your story and and talk about your wrongdoings, your uh, wrong turns, your triumphs and your failures in an open and honest light like that um what like what process did you go through to to come to that point where you no longer let that hold you prisoner i i just come to realization that and i mean we all say it all the time but i don't think when we say it a lot of us really think about what we're saying but it's the kind of cliche but nobody's perfect And I think society does a horrible job of allowing people to realize that. I think society has set such a crappy standard when it comes to how people should be, how people should act, what people should do, that so many people are scared to take a step out because of something that they're afraid society might point at them that they've done or a decision they made. But we have to realize that 
society as a whole is going to do that anyways. So don't, we can't let it hold us back from possibly helping somebody else because of what society thinks about it. And I just, I really just got, I don't know if there are a particular moment, I don't know if there's a particular thing that just clicked at the time, but I just don't care anymore. I don't care what people think. I, this, this podcast, even though I'm, my main goal was to help others, it's also given me some release. So it's, it's a, it's a two way street, if you will, to the point that it's allowing me to release my past and it's allowing me to let go of so much. And I, I mean, I've shared, I've already shared some things on some episodes. It's pretty personal and it's just, it's made a world of difference in my life already. Just being able to talk about it and release it. And that's why I love about the podcast is I'm not having to, I'm talking to somebody, but at the same time, I'm not talking to somebody. If that makes sense. It's, it's not, it's a lot different to sit across the, on a couch with a psychiatrist and talk about stuff with somebody in the room than sit in your own little room with a microphone. It's, it just, it's just something about it that has allowed the freedom that I'm pursuing with it. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned how, you know, uh, the freedom that you've gained from it and, and, um, how it's helped you come to terms with so many things and actually open up about so many things. Is it, is it kind of like a stress reliever, like a cathartic experience to just put this out there and, and say, this is, this is me. I think so. I think a little bit that plays a factor in it and, it may play a bigger factor than I even realized, but I know I've been a different person since I've started the podcast. I know I've felt differently. I've made some, I've made some changes that I've been thinking about making personally for quite some time, but this just opened the door and some stuff that's held me back in the past. I just, it's not holding me back anymore. And it's, it's refreshing to the, for my soul, especially. And I hope it is to those that listen. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the, what's the biggest weight that it's lifted off your shoulders uh, since starting? I think a lot of it, uh, the biggest weight is the loss I've experienced in my life, and the the battles that I guess you could say I've lost because it, it just those those lot the loss that I experienced left such a void, and I've not known how to deal with it completely. I'm one of those that believe, I don't believe time heals. I believe time only allows you opportunity long, you know, to figure out how to deal with it. And I just think it, it's allowed me to like the loss of my dad. And I got to talk about the relationship with my dad. It went from non-existent to, to best friends before he died. Uh, my brother that we've already spoke about. One of, I mean, some things that was said between me and my brother before he died was a lesson, life lesson that has stuck with me from day one since it happened. About be careful if you're gonna say something, you better make sure that you're able to accept it, no matter what. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just it, it it's made it. It's just been it's just I'd say my the loss 
of my dad and my brother as two burdens that I've experienced that I've been battling for quite some time. And this has allowed me to just release it out. And as I'm talking, it's one of those moments as I'm talking about it, I can feel it improving me and filling that void. I, I'm curious how how your relationship um, with with your dad, how how you became best friends, like what what was that like, and what did that teach you um, before you lost him? One thing that the biggest lesson I that I learned from my dad and my relationship with my dad is how powerful accountability is, and I, the thing that it taught me was my dad was non-existent. He, him and my mom split up when I was five years old and he disappeared for years. We were, and then he come back, he disappeared again. Then he come back. The second time he come back was around 13 or 14. And when I was 13 or 14 years old. And then from that point on our relationship built, he stayed, he stayed, he was in my life for the rest of his life. And I don't think that could ever happen if he wasn't able to hold himself accountable for the, his wrongdoing and his mistakes. And that he had the ability, that he had the courage to tell me face to face, he messed up. And that's something that a lot of people can't do. And the lesson I learned in our relationship that I've applied to my life is accountability and that's a lot to do with where I'm at now is holding myself accountable and putting my story out there, knowing my failures, knowing my mistakes and my wrong choices and all that's going to be displayed for the world to hear. But it's okay because I've already held myself ac- accountable internally that I've, I've made, you know, I fixed it. So it's okay for me to release it. I, I really appreciate, um, how open you are when I, when I started this show, you know, it's all about the people in my life. Um, and, and how they, how they impact me. And, and because we're all, we're all here together. We're all, you know, running around down here trying to do our, do our very best. And I just love hearing how, like these lessons that you're taking and, and, um, I just really appreciate you taking the, the, the time to share those with me. Um, and so kind of where usually I keep the, the episodes around 45 ish minutes. So as, as we lead into the end of the show here, um, I'd like to, to hear more about your future. What do you, what do you hope to, to see in, in your future? what I hope to see down the road and down in my, when it comes to my future is I want to see my following grow when it comes to my podcast and not so much for my benefit, but the goal of my podcast is not about necessarily the numbers, but at the same time, how much better of a chance of helping people do you have if you've got a thousand people listening compared to 30 people? And that's one thing that I'm really focused on. I'm trying to get it out there because ultimately I want to be a, I'm striving to be a motivational speaker. And that's one, that's another reason I started the podcast as a stepping stone to hopefully 
get to that point to where I'm go I'm stepping outside the podcast world and actually speaking to people face to face. And because with everything I've gone in my life, my 30 years from now or 20 years from now, or even five years from now, I want to be able to sit back and look or look back and say, I help people because that's my passion. That's something my law enforcement career. It was, I mean, I've done it for 19 years and it's never been about the badge. It's never been about, you know, being a police officer as much as it been about having an opportunity to help people. And it just seems like looking back, everything that I've had the most passion about is always been the center point of helping people. So the more people I can help and the more people 10 years from now that I can look back and say, I help the better off I'll feel. So ultimately my future goal is just to be able to continue helping people and making a difference in people's lives because so many people have made a difference in mine. And I feel like it's my way of repaying it back and paying it forward is and saying thank you to those that's helped me in my life. With, with that goal of helping people, um, in, in one sentence, um, what do you think is the single biggest thing that you would like to help people understand or appreciate? No matter what you're going through in life, you define it. Don't let it define you. And so, so with that in mind, with, with the decision to define your own life in mind, what at the end of your life when when you look back um what are the moments that you're most proud of and what are the moments that you're most satisfied with having lived it can be things that haven't happened yet or things that already have happened i think ultimately the most satisfying and I, for me satisfying and most proud will probably fit in this one or in the same category with most of most of this uh most satisfying and most proud moment would be my kids are successful as people and as individuals because if you're successful as a person if you're successful as an individual all the other success that surrounds it is bound to happen so for me that's the most will be the most satisfying most successful part of my life when I'm looking back is that they are successful and that they all are successful and they've all had a long life because of what we're going through now. One of the most proudest moments for me would be down the road that all my kids are still healthy, living the life they deserve and being successful. And ultimately, ultimately that's, that's, that's it for me. I mean, it's just, I mean, I've got my goals, but if you want to talk about my proudest or what would be my proudest and most satisfying is that my kids are happy, healthy and living their best life. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so last question, there's only one thing left to ask. Um, if people would like to go and support the, the podcast and hear more about your life in a pickle, um, where where do they find you? Where do they contact you? And where do they listen to the show? The show can be found on almost all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, 
all the above, all those, all the, all podcast platforms. You can also locate me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For the handle is Life in a Pickle or at in pickle i n p i c k e l so look us up all my information all my links will be found on social media and uh and i'll have links to everything uh in the show notes so that people can easily click to to everything and uh and follow you and and hear more about your story but with that uh, thank you very much jason for joining me today i greatly appreciate it and thank you for having me and thank you for listening not just to this show, but to the people around you. And until next time, please remember to take just five minutes out of your day today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.